Hello, it's March 1st, 2023. My name is Simone, and this is 90s Crime Time. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of 90s Crime Time. And if you're new to 90s Crime Time, welcome to the show. Like always, I hope you all had a great start to your week and had a great weekend. And I know I promised a new uh, or a second mini-sode last week, and I apologize that I did not release it. Um, however, today's episode was actually supposed to be a mini-sode um, for last week, but I felt that there was just too much information to shorten the episode. And this case is one of the more passionate 90s cases um, to me, for me. And not that I don't care about other 90s cases. This is just one that hit home a little to, uh, to me a little bit. And with that, let's dive in to today's case. The year was 1995, and in the Washington port city of Tacoma, many people enjoyed a comfortable way of life, meaning lots of people were able to provide for themselves and their families without spending an arm and a leg for a decent place to live. Like the state as a whole, Tacoma was surrounded by beautiful scenery, like the nearby Mount Rainier where people did things like hike and ski. And if Tacoma natives were looking to do things a little more lively, they could always take an easy commute to nearby Seattle to find the nightlife they craved. However, on a summer day in Tacoma, 1995, although the people of Tacoma were more than likely enjoying the weather and scenery, not all things were beautiful. On a July day that year, a dark cloud would be cast over the city when one of the city's younger residents didn't make it back home. And it would leave many residents of Tacoma wondering, where is she? In the following case, you'll find out who the young resident was, the investigation, and the sad aftermath in a case I title, Missing Little Beauty. Although today's case primarily takes place in Tacoma in 1995, let's go back a few years to 1992 to Spokane, Washington. Back on January 3, 1992, in Spokane, a baby girl entered the world, and her name was Lenoria Elise Ann Jones. However, like many babies born around the world, little Lenoria was already born into a world of unfortunate circumstances. 
According to reports, baby Lenoria was born to a woman named Deidre Jones, who was addicted to cocaine while pregnant with her baby. Therefore, baby Lenoria was born with cocaine in her system. Due to this, doctors diagnosed the baby early on with ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, because reports state that many babies who are born to mothers with drug addictions can usually show signs of the disorder shortly after birth. And in another turn of events that baby Lenoria had to deal with at barely a day old was the fact that she had no parental bond. You see, when Deidre was pregnant with Lenoria, not only was she addicted to cocaine, she was also dealing with legal trouble. According to reports, Deidre was facing numerous charges for drug trafficking and faced several years in prison. Therefore, Deidre gave up Lenoria to the state, although it's unclear if she was forced to give up the baby or if it was her own personal choice. Reports also state that Lenoria's father was unknown, at least publicly, and after Deidre gave up Lenoria, Deidre was given a second chance at being a mother baby Lenoria deserved, because the courts only sentenced Deidre to an expedited one year in prison and 18 months of community supervision, hoping this would help Deidre to straighten up her life and fight to regain custody of her daughter. However, reports state after she completed her time in prison, Deidre skipped out on community supervision and moved to Arkansas. Meanwhile, baby Lenoria was still a ward of the state back in Washington, and she was bounced around to different foster care homes over the next few months. Eventually, Child Protective Services placed baby Lenoria with different older family members of hers in Deidre's still living in Spokane. First, baby Lenoria was sent to live with a few of her great aunts and uncles, followed by her maternal grandparents, who she lived with starting in late 1992. However, Child Protective Services heard from another one of baby Lenoria's relatives, an aunt of her and Deidre's, who wanted to take in Lenoria, living in Arkansas, like Deidre. But while investigating the aunt to see if she was a proper fit for Lenoria, the agency heard from another one of Lenoria's relatives who wanted to take her in, and her name was Berlene Williams. Miss Williams was a 45-year-old woman living in Tacoma, Washington, and was the direct aunt of Deidre, making her the great-aunt of Lenoria. Miss Berlene was originally from Mississippi, but assumably to have a different life, she moved in with Deidre's parents in Spokane years before Lenoria was born. Eventually, Miss Berlin moved out, married, and had children of her own. However, when her marriage ended in divorce, she and her children moved to Tacoma. Here, she married again and had another child. According to reports, Miss Berlin was a very religious woman, and one of the greatest loves of her life were not only her children, but children as a whole. She felt that working with children would be a great career choice, and she had an idea that would have her working with children 
while also paying her bills. And that was to create and run a home-based daycare. And soon she created and opened the daycare and named it God's Wonderful World of Colors. It's unclear when Miss Berlin opened the daycare, but she ran the daycare with her daughters. Around the time of 1994, as she was running the center, Miss Berlin heard about her niece Deidre's daughter, Lenoria, needing a stable home, apparently from Deidre herself, and she didn't hesitate to try and take her in. However, as mentioned previously, Lenoria was already living amongst her extended relatives in Spokane, and once her grandparents and great-uncles and aunts living there found out that Miss Berlin wanted to take Lenoria in to another city, some of them, more so her grandparents, were upset. They were the ones who pretty much raised her since birth, and now here comes a relative that doesn't even live in the same city that wants to take her? Lenoria's grandparents fought hard to keep their granddaughter with the family in Spokane, and even tried to formally adopt her. But unfortunately for them, Child Protective Services decided to give the now two-year-old Lenoria to her Aunt Berlin in July 1994, to her and Deidre's delight. The reasons why Berlin was chosen to take in Lenoria over the relatives that knew her better back in Spokane is unclear. But according to reports, from the time she was taken into her Aunt Berlin's custody, there seemed to be no issues with Lenoria in the home. Apparently things were going so well with Berlin and Lenoria that Berlin apparently began the process of actually adopting Lenoria. In March 1995, almost a year after Lenoria was placed with Berlin, a notice in a local newspaper was placed asking that, quote, unknown paternal figures show up at a hearing in Spokane court this month, during which a decision would be made on the termination of their parental rights, end quote. This meant whoever placed the notice, presumably Berlin or a legal representative of hers or Lenoria, was giving a final chance to whoever was the father of Lenoria to either give up the rights as a father or come forward to fight for custody. The reason the notice was printed was because, even though parental rights were apparently relinquished for Lenoria's parents back in 92, it was learned that only Deidre had completely given up her rights, not Lenoria's father. However, since he was not named, the filing to relinquish rights of any paternal figure of Lenoria's wasn't completely relinquished, only filed. So, by March 1995, the courts in Tacoma were apparently willing to relinquish all parental rights to Lenoria, and Berlin was on her way to becoming Lenoria's full adopted guardian. But that was apparently not to be. According to reports, while waiting on the status of the adoption of Lenoria, 
On July 20, 1995, Berlin apparently ran some errands with Lenoria in tow. Berlin and Lenoria apparently left home early that morning to do some shopping. However, around the same time, at around 9.45 a.m., a shocking and scary 911 call would be called in to emergency personnel. The 911 call was from a woman saying in an unreadable voice that her three-year-old, quote-unquote, daughter was missing and that she had been with her at a grocery store. The dispatcher repeated what the woman said and then requested the woman to clarify what grocery store she was at. The woman said she was at Target and that she had only been there for max 15 minutes. While the woman was on the phone with dispatch, Tacoma PD were on their way to Target to assist the woman. And when they made their way to Target, they met the woman, Berlene Williams, who called about her quote-unquote daughter, Lenoria, missing. By this point, Berlin had stopped conversation with 911 and began speaking with officers. According to reports, after speaking briefly at first with Berlin, who told officers Lenoria was wearing a black t-shirt with the Barney character on it, along with turquoise pants, officers then did a search all around Target for Lenoria but saw no trace of her. So, detectives decided to check Target's security cameras to see if they could find Lenoria. But when they did, they unfortunately didn't find Lenoria on the camera. But they did find something else very interesting and eerie. According to reports, police spotted Berlin as she pulled up in her car at Target. And according to reports, they said, quote, She doesn't look behind her, doesn't see someone she could have opened the door for, she does not appear excited, end quote. Meaning, police didn't capture Lenoria at all. And what they thought by that point was that Berlin didn't appear to be missing a child, because if she was, she would appear more concerned or more than likely panicked, and which she apparently did not and they concluded Lenoria was never at the store with Berlin, and there were holes in her story. When questioned further about Lenoria and her whereabouts, Berlin kept giving officers conflicting statements. And at one point she told them that maybe Lenoria was never with her at Target at all. During her questioning, police set up search and rescue teams at a church across the street from Target. The church was used as a staging ground for rescue vehicles in case they found Lenoria and she needed emergency and medical help. Meanwhile, police were still questioning Berlin, and by this point, they were able to confirm from her her exact thing she did that day before going to Target. According to reports, Berlin told police that she left her home at approximately 8 a.m. and went to a car wash. After, Berlin said she went to a convenience market and then to a Top Foods grocery store. Then she finally got to Target around 9 a.m. However, police were wondering if Berlin had gotten to Target at around 9 a.m., why did she wait until around 9.45 a.m. 
to place the 911 call about Lenoria. While still questioning her, other detectives were able to quickly obtain a search warrant to search Berlin's home for any clues about the whereabouts of Lenoria. When they got to her home, they were greeted by Berlin's daughters, and detectives questioned them about their mother's statements and about Lenoria. According to reports, one of her daughters told them that Berlin actually made a call to her around 8.45 that day, an hour before the 911 call, and that her mother told her Lenoria was missing, which was apparently before Berlin said she had even gotten to Target, leading police to look even harder at Berlin and that things just weren't adding up. Police also searched the home and found no real evidence as to where Lenoria could be. By this point, hours had gone by, and more than 100 people from Tacoma gathered to search for Lenoria, but with no luck. The search continued into the next day on the 21st, and by this point, police were solely focused on Berlin as a suspect. She was, after all, the apparent last person to have last seen Lenoria, so they called her in around 11 a.m. that morning and kept her at the precinct for hours, asking her questions about Lenoria's whereabouts. According to reports, Berlin told them that Lenoria was with her at Target because she asked her aunt for a toy. And Berlin said she told Lenoria that she could have a toy after they got done looking for a bathing suit for her. Then Berlin said Lenoria said, okay, but she told detectives that she never looked back when Lenoria was allegedly giving her answers, which police did not believe at all, because video evidence proved Lenoria was never with her at Target. Then Berlin told them that two men took her and ran away with her in an alley, then changed her story again and said she knew where Lenoria was, but couldn't tell them where. Then she stated that two black men took her from her home, and then lastly retracted and stood by her statement that Lenoria was with her when she was at Target. By this point, Berlin had been at the police station for several hours and was frustrated and decided to stop talking altogether. On the other hand, police didn't believe anything Berlin said, and they too were frustrated with her. And when she stopped talking, they decided they would get an order to suspend the license of Berlin's daycare. Because where she operated the daycare in her home was where a missing child, Lenoria, was living. As the days went on, without a trace of Lenoria, and the police only having Berlin as a suspect, on July 23rd, three days after Lenoria went missing, Berlin's daughter Nerissa held a press conference on the step of her mother's home, saying Lenoria vanished while walking between her mother's parked van and Target. Two days later on the 25th, Berlin herself made a statement to the public objecting what the media made her out to be. And she said, quote, You think there's some sort of secret I'm hiding, but that doesn't make sense. I've lost everything. End quote. On the 26th, according to reports, Pierce County Juvenile Court held a dependency hearing to determine Lenoria's whereabouts. 
They formed this hearing because although Berlin was in the process of adopting Lenoria, Lenoria was still under legal custody of the Department of Children's Services. And officials there felt if Berlin was under oath, she would have to tell the truth about Lenoria. However, the court commissioner imposed a gag order on the hearings, making no details of Berlin's hearing public. Fast forwarding to the end of July on the 30th, a report was published from the local newspaper saying police found out that Lenoria had been taking an antidepressant for her ADHD and that it was prescribed to her just a week before she went missing and that it could have been a possibility that she was given too much and overdosed. Also during the investigation, police questioned workers at the convenience market, grocery store, and car wash Berlin said she went to on the morning of July 20th. And the workers who saw Berlin at those places said they saw her, but no Lenoria. They also got in contact with police in Star City, Arkansas, to try and receive aid from them in asking Lenoria's other family members, like her mother Deidre, about her whereabouts. But when they questioned Deidre and her aunt and searched for Lenoria, Star City police came up with nothing. Back in Tacoma, police requested an article of clothing or toy from Berlin's family to try and get a scent for a cadaver dog to try and find Lenoria. But oddly, they said they couldn't provide anything. And according to reports, they acted as if they didn't want to help in the search for Lenoria at all. And over the next few months, many legal proceedings would occur, such as putting Berlin under house arrest and Lenoria's grandparents fighting for custody in the case Lenoria reappeared. On September 29th, Berlin's attorney suggested publicly that another one of Lenoria's relatives more than likely took her because he said some of her other relatives had the idea of, quote, if we can't have Lenoria, nobody can, end quote. However, during the investigation, Lenoria's grandparents, who were Berlin's brother and sister-in-law, talked to local reports. Berlin's sister-in-law, Annie, who is Deidre's mother, said of Berlin, quote, She told me she didn't know where the baby was. She told me, how should I know? The thing of it is, Berlin is fine. She's safe and secure. Where's Noria? That's the question. End quote. By the next year, there was still no sign of Lenoria. And by this point, Berlin stopped talking to police, except through her attorney. She was also eventually taken off house arrest. However, on March 19, 1996, Berlin called police and claimed she was followed, assaulted, and threatened by a man outside of a store but police couldn't verify her account. As the months went on, the disappearance of Lenoria made its year anniversary with no new suspects and no trace of Lenoria. Also this year, in 1996, Berlin and her children moved to another Washington city. And due to lack of evidence, police have never been able to charge her or any of her family members 
with Lenoria's disappearance. To this day, no trace of Lenoria Jones has ever been found, and there is no real evidence to suggest what happened to her. Lenoria Jones would be 31 today if she is alive. The story of Lenoria Jones comes from the sources of the Seattle Times, Rutland Daily Herald, the News Tribune, and others I'll put in the notes. Okay, this case was very sad to me, as pretty much anybody with a heart would think this would be a sad case. And um, I actually wrote about this case, Lenoria Jones's missing case, before I believe I even started the podcast on Medium.com. And I put a link to what I wrote in the uh, notes for today under Medium.com as a source. And um, yeah, it wasn't as detailed as this episode is, but I do want to go ahead to say a few things in my opinion. I'm very passionate about this case, like I mentioned before. And um, yeah, I want to get a few things that off my chest that think that I think about this case. Um, number one, like I have so many thoughts and questions, but is it just me or should everyone still be looking at Berlin? Because I haven't heard the 911 call, but I heard through text that she sounded very nonchalant, not worried about Lenoria missing, about her quote unquote three-year-old daughter um, uh, not missing. Like she knew Lenoria was not with her at Target. And um, I say quote unquote daughter because she was not legally adopted yet. Uh, Lenoria was not legally adopted yet by Berlin. And um, her family didn't, when the police were um, asking for a piece of clothing or a toy for a cadaver dog to sniff, because that's what most normal families would do if they had someone missing, they didn't have anything they said. I don't believe that. They had no toy or or, or clothes for Lenoria. Like, she had no toys? Hmm, did you throw out her things? Um, yeah, where, why couldn't you produce anything for them to sniff? And it was so many holes in her original story. Uh, number one, about the Target story, about her being adamant that, uh, Berlin being adamant that Lenoria was with her at Target. Um, and when she was confronted with the store camera by police saying, we don't see her anywhere, but we saw you getting out of your van with no um, Lenoria. She kept changing her story. And um, what else was I going to say? I'm sorry. But yeah, about the parked car. Like, come on. Her daughter did a press conference a day, few days after Lenoria was missing and said she disappeared between her parked car and Target. Now, it could be a possibility some Lenoria could have ran off while uh, in the parking lot, but this is apparently a bright sunny morning around nine o'clock in the morning and it was cars in the parking lot. She could have been picked up. We don't know that. No one knows. But according to the cameras, they saw uh, Berlin getting out of her parked van with no child, no Lenoria. And I don't, I, I just don't get how, they can come up with that story so fast. I mean, they had a few days to come up with it, but I just don't believe it. And I also don't believe Berlin's story about Lenora, Lenoria asking her for a toy at Target um, and then uh, Berlin saying, oh, we'll get you one after we get you a swimsuit. No, because like, as I've mentioned, there's no trace of her 
at Target. There's no evidence of Lenoria being with her at all at Target, or at least maybe even that day. Because if you remember, none of the workers from the places where Lean said she went to that day, like the car wash, the gas station, or the grocery store, saw her. Uh, they saw Berlin, but they didn't see Lenoria with her. And um, also regarding um, the, uh, so sorry, guys, so much I have to, so much I'm talking about. Okay, about her daycare. That's what I was going to say. Her daycare was suspended the day after Lenoria went missing. I don't know if it's ever been reopened, but I did read that she had issues in the past concerning children. Um, quote unquote, DCS said, this is what they said back then that they were hesitant about giving, well, some of them were hesitant about giving Berlin Lenoria because she apparently had issues with some of the daycare uh, children in her care. And they considered those kids, quote unquote, normal um, because apparently Lenoria, because she was addicted to cocaine and that she was diagnosed with ADHD early on, they considered her special needs. And they felt that, well, some of them felt at, uh, DCS that Berlin did not have, you know, the patience or didn't have the skills to take care of a special needs child, like they classified Lenoria, and um, yeah, that's that was there was some hesitancy about that, but apparently she went they somehow she was able to still work and get Lenoria in her care, and speaking of um. Her uh, Berlin, well, Lenoria being in Berlin's care. I'm not sure why Deidre, her mother, Lenoria's mother, exactly wanted why she wanted her daughter in Berlin's care. Um, I don't know if it's because she thought Berlin had a daycare and that she would do well with Lenoria because she had a home daycare and that maybe she had seen um, Berlin taking care of her daughters and maybe she thought another girl would be okay with um, Berlin. We don't know. Um, but back to Berlin, there's no record of her trying to find Lenoria. That's another thing that got me um, with the other um, volunteers. Um, you know, I mentioned there was a search party, a huge search party for Lenoria, and that Berlin was not, well, from all evidence, she was not trying to help um, find her soon soon adopted daughter. There's there's nothing to suggest she tried to look for her. and. Um, that's one thing that got me. And also regarding um, the antidepressant that she was given, apparently, like what I talked about in the story, it's been sort of suggested that maybe, just maybe, because there was a new medication, it was an experimental drug um, that she was given. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it per se, but I think it's called norpramin, norpramin. Um, it was experimental drug for children for antidepressants, um, for ADHD. And it's been suggested that maybe, um, she was given too much of the drug and accidentally overdosed. And maybe Berlin or whoever gave it to her panicked and, you know, Lenoria disappeared that way, if you get what I'm saying. But I don't know, um, how accurate that would be. Um, I don't know if there was any other motives. Maybe um, someone in the house got tired of Lenoria, and I don't know. I don't want to think that, but it's been suggested in the papers, and I'm just putting it out there that something may have happened to Lenoria that way with her medication. Um, 
Also, there was other reports that said there had been other children years before or around that time, other Washington state children who had been missing and or abducted and fortunately killed. Um, yeah, and they're around Lenoria's age. Um, one was like five years old, one was six years old, and p- police put that out there, but they still mostly looked at Berlin as the suspect of knowing what happened to Lenoria. And lastly, I just want to um, talk about Lenoria's grandmother briefly, Talk who talked about Berlin, because she said Berlin told her she didn't know where Lenoria was and what did it have to do with her. And like, what do you mean what it had to do with you? I don't think her grandmother's lying. Like, what do you mean what does it have to do with you? Because she was in your care and you were supposed to legally adopt her soon. What do you mean? <laughs> what does it have to do with you? That further tells me something. It's just leading to Miss Berlin or somebody in her family, in my opinion, because after her grandmother said that, like I, not, like I said, I believe her. Berlin told her, what does it have to do with me? Ma'am, <laughs> um, yeah, it has a lot to do with you. You were supposed to, she was supposed to be in your care. You said you saw her. You, she was. She, you said she was with you at Target. There's no evidence of her being a Target with you, being in your car, being anywhere with you that day. Who knows where Lenoria is? She may know. I think she knows. I think she knows somebody in her family knows. I don't know. I, I, I just can only speculate. That's my opinion. But once she told, once she told the grandmother, what does it have to do with me? That just made me look at Miss Berlene Williams closer. And a lot of publications have named her as someone who knows what happened to Lenoria. But like I mentioned, police unfortunately do not have enough evidence to charge her with anything with the disappearance of Lenoria. And it makes me really sad and bothered. And the reason why this case hit home to me was because Lenoria was only two years, two years younger than me. And, um, you know, luckily, I I don't think any of my relatives would have lost me like that or something like that. But it's really sad and it just hits close to home because she was my age. We were the same race and all that. And, you know, I think she deserved way more than she got, even from the beginning. And it's just so sad. And I really hope she did not meet a sad demise. And I hope she's still living and thriving somewhere um, in the country or somewhere she's safe but, you know, from the, according to these uh, readings and all this, it does not look good for her. But I'm really hoping Lenoria Jones is found and she's and she's OK. And she's 31 years old living her life. And that's it. Thank you again for tuning in to this brand new episode of 90s Crime Time. And I hope you were interested in this case. Please make sure if you're on Instagram to follow 90s Crime Time, where I talk about other 90s cases and about the show as a whole. Also, I know I've been slacking, um, but if you have not already, I would really appreciate it if you left a decent rating on Apple or Spotify, where 90s Crime Time has a rating system. I'm trying to do better and go back and be back, uh, I should say, on a regular schedule for 90s Crime Time, and I really appreciate your support. And um, one thing I want to mention I'm sorry about this creaking noise in the background. Um, If you have been paying attention to it, I hope that I did not draw attention to it. But if you ever heard a creaking noise on these episodes, it's my little janky earphones for (laughs) my podcast. Um, When I started the podcast, I couldn't get the most expensive, fancy headphones. And I've been keeping these 
uh, since the beginning, but I'm working on trying to get better quality headphones so you don't hear this creaking noise because I guess they're made out of like hard plastic and they're kind of like, you know, noisy and kind of distracting in my opinion, but I hope that they're not too distracting for you right now. Like I said, I'm hoping to get new headphones. And um, yeah, I appreciate your support. And you are in luck. I promise this time. I promise. Before the week ends, I'll be releasing another 90s Crime Time minisode. So look out for that. And with that, thank you again for tuning in to this brand new episode of 90s Crime Time. And I will see you soon with the minisode release of the show. 